Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Improving Always podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about playing simple, what it means, and why maybe, just maybe, it's overrated. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll hop right in because um, obviously, um, you know, I've I've been talking about this a lot lately on uh, on TikTok. Um, about, you know, coaches who told me that I had to play simple. Uh, and I will just get this out of the way, you know, early by most people's like definition of playing like simple. Um, yes, the game of soccer, a lot of the time should be played, um, should be played simply, right? Like a lot of the game in possession is pass and move and receive and pass and move and receive and pass and move and receive. Now I wouldn't necessarily say that all of that is simple. Um, and then also, you know, by the same token, like out of possession, very, very simple, you know, work hard to win the ball back and, you know, drop back into shape uh, if you can't. So I guess, I guess we'll kind of start there. Like what, what does playing simple even like mean? Cause I'm sure we've all had coaches yell at us, like play simply, you know, make simpler decisions, uh, you know, but like, what does what does that even mean? Um, so yeah, let's, let's start there. So um, I think because unavoidably we're going to use this quote at one time or another, the famous Johan Cruyff. We're sponsored by Starbucks, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But the famous Johan Cruyff quote where he goes, football is a simple game, but the hardest to play simple is the hardest thing you can do. I think that really sums up my opinion because it, whether he meant it or not, he is stating a clear contradiction here that, Football is a simple game, but the hardest thing you can do is to play simple. Well, simple and hard are literally opposites. They're antonyms. Yeah. So if to play simple, and I'm for Cruyff, I'm going to say the Barcelona and Ajax way is the hardest thing you can do. Well, it's not very simple at all. It's actually very intricate and complex, obviously. It's just that maybe when you have Messi, Javi, and Iniesta together, it looks simple because of their extremely high technical level and their abilities. So this is actually where I, I mean, I kind of really dislike the play simple argument is because if what we were actually doing was playing more simple, more people would do it, more people could do it. And my experience with teams, when I hear this, they say that I've even had teams, for example, say, yeah, play simple. We're going to play like Barcelona. And then the first thing that happens is we play super direct and we don't keep possession and we can't do it. And I was like, what happened to playing like Barcelona? We're playing like a much worse version of Stoke City. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't you dare hate on the best team in England. Um, yeah, like, I, I totally agree. Like, you know, like Tikataka is not simple, right? Like, you know, total football is not simple. Like moving the ball quickly, even like, you know, just like one, two touch play and moving the ball around quickly. There's a reason that not every team can play like that. There's a reason that when you see that goal that um, is like 26 consecutive passes, like one and two touch, um, like that's like on a highlight. Especially through defenders. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like that, that's, there's a reason that like we watch that and we're like, Oh my God, that's incredible. If it was simple, everyone could do it. 
Um, so yeah, Dimitri want to, um, what, what's like your experience with like coaches telling you to play simple and what, what it actually kind of like means to you. I don't know. When I was in the States, it was definitely a lot of, we, we, the term was thrown around a lot that we were going to play simple and we were forced to do all these drills, one touch. Um, when we were like, I get doing rondos one touch and even like in the professional level in Spain, the rondos end up being one touch, but it's just because you have to play that quick, right decision at the time, you know, you you have to play that quick, but there's a reason why my team here in Spain, we won like playoffs and we got promoted to the third division um, playing simply, but like it wasn't simple. We spent days just training how to play out from the back because it's so much easier just to kick it long and to play simply, as we say, is so much, it's so hard because everyone needs to be on the same page too. You know, you can't play simple if you're the only one playing simply. If, yes. if the other teammates aren't doing what you're doing, it's impossible to do it. We had this, our coach kept saying this in Spain, to play simply, you need three options at all time. You need a pass, like a safety pass. You need a pass to progress. And you need a pass that's like a solution, like a long ball. So if, you, if you're lacking even one of those at any moment when you're trying to play simply, it all breaks apart. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the long ball because that was exactly my thought. Because if you think of simple versus complexity especially if you think of it mathematically what is the most simple path to the goal a straight line and how can we make a straight line line or line segment (laughs) the ball does stop moving at some point yes but how can we make it more simple than a not a not a (laughs) just a straight line going into the box and we just kick the ball straight into the box i mean yeah the Like, if I was actually going to say what is playing simple, if we use the term literally, it would be either only playing very, very safe five-yard passes and lumping the ball into the box whenever you have an opportunity to lump it into the box. Because, one, lumping it into the box normally isn't going to get you scored on because it's in the other team's box. And most people are good enough to do that. And the safe pass, it's a safe pass for obvious reasons. Now, the playing actual possession in technical soccer, not very safe. It's the opposite of simple often. It's often complex. And I think I think the other thing a lot of coaches will equate playing simple to, and we kind of hinted at it but didn't say it, it's not dribbling when you shouldn't dribble, or even worse, discouraging dribbling and creativity altogether and yelling at players who dribble and maybe lose the ball like a certain tiktok coach we're familiar with (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think like you know and uh dribbling like like it's always like passing is simple and dribbling is complicated but like you know driving forward into space is arguably like more simple than passing right like and that's that's something that i you know encourage my players to do a lot obviously it doesn't end there right you need to like offload the ball or dribble or, you know, and then make your movements off the ball as well. Um, but like, you know, driving to space, what could be more simple than that? Right. But that's all, a lot of the time where I, you know, start with teams is that's one of the first things we'll talk about is like taking your space. Um, and then from there, you know, it does, it does get a little bit more complicated, even if you're just getting rid of the ball and making a little run to, you know, receive it again. Um, or if you start dribbling and people are like, you know, Oh, like, 
in 1v1 situations, messy, you know, his body faints and stuff are so simple. Like that stuff isn't, are you kidding? Like if it was simple, anyone could do it. It's not simple, right? Like those little yeah, body somehow faints. Somehow stepovers are complicated, but <laughs> messy dribbling past and dicing four players with three moves is very, very simple. Because of course I That's can like... do that too, but, uh, but <laughs> doing three stepovers, no. You can do you can do three step overs in a row without messing up. No, problem. can you teach me, please? I I've, I've been trying this whole time. Uh, yeah, no, like you know, I'll, it's, I'll uh, teach you. I'll teach you this next in twenty twenty two. We'll start the step over lessons. It's it's just crazy to me because like you know and like I don't I don't know like uh, Messi's body feints and stuff are are like definitely not simple. And then like obviously like Neymar doing like a million step overs to get past someone isn't simple either. But it's just like like different styles. They're accomplishing the same thing in a different way. And that's what all players do, right? All players do almost everything a little bit differently. Um, you know, my shooting technique is going to be a little bit different to Noblis is going to be a little bit different to Dimitri is going to be a little bit different to everyone watching this, the skills we use in one V one situations, they're all going to be different as well. Our first touch is going to be different. That's just, uh, you know, how it goes. And I think a lot of this, like playing simple comes like it, makes it feel like you know all players need to play any player's style is discouraged yeah, yeah I mean, exactly Messi, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Messi because there's so many people bring up the fact that Messi doesn't do stepovers now there are a few select examples of Messi doing stepovers I've seen it I've seen it but the the, the reality best. The reality is, is like they go, oh, Messi doesn't do stepovers. You shouldn't do stepovers either. That's flashy. That's ineffective. That's just showing off. And it's like, well, yeah, but I mean, name a elite level dribbler other than Messi that literally did no other stepovers that you've watched in recent history. And I can only name a couple off the top of my head. Interestingly enough, another one's the famous Argentinian Diego Maradona. <laughs> but nobody thinks Diego Maradona played simple because he did not play simple. And he did do tricks. He just, for some reason, didn't do stepovers. But it's, I think there is a sort of both fan, coach, and player that thinks you pass with the inside of your foot, you receive the mm -hmm. ball with the inside of your foot, and you dribble in straight lines until you see a defender, then you pass again. And that's how they think you should play. And that's robotic. And yeah, if that's how you play, it's simple, but the players that they use as examples are normally doing the complete opposite of what they're actually do, saying to do. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I, I think that like playing simple has been like the term has been so used that it's just like, it's lost all its meaning. And to mm -hmm. me, like, you know, yeah, passing can be very, very complicated. Passing can be simple. Passing can be, uh, or dribbling can be very, very complicated. It can be very simple. You know, driving forward could be simple, uh, could be complicated. Shooting, simple, complicated. Like there's, there's no, like simple hardly means anything anymore. It's just like this word that we're like, uh, simple. That's how you have to play. Um, and, mm -hmm. and it's really not. I like what Dimitri mentioned about like having three options at all times because like i think it's more it's easier to think 
about this as rather than playing simple and playing complicated, think of it as playing like playing safe and taking risks. Playing effective. Right? Playing, yeah, but playing safe and then taking risks. And then within that, you want to um, like play play effectively, right? In different situations, it's going to be more effective to play safe. So if it's like a, um, a spectrum, right? You're playing safe mm-hmm. and you have uh, taking risks, right? Like uh, in certain situations, uh, playing effectively is going to be over here, all the way over here, maybe a little well, bit. Well, playing more, effectively is right? going to be even the safe option sometimes. I think you mean taking yeah. risks or being positive, not taking, not, not being effective versus playing safe. Uh, no, like, no, I'd yeah, say like, it's being effective. Dude. How am I going to be most effective in this situation? How am I going to help the team the most? Yeah. yeah well, sometimes playing safe, is it I mean, if I'm under pressure, yeah, if I'm under pressure from like three players in my defensive third and my safest pass is back to my goalkeeper, that's the most effective pass I could make taking a risk would be trying to turn them. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that's what I'm saying. Right. Like if you have like this, this is like the riskiest thing you can do. And this is like the safest thing you can do. And in each situation, yeah. like maybe yeah. no, this I, is a better decision or maybe, you know, yeah, no, I, go I was here, agreeing or, with yeah. you. I just, I just thought the terminology should okay. be slightly different because right. being effective can sometimes being playing safe, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. And I would, I would also say like, you could do it almost as, geometry and you have try to provide your teammate always with a left option a right option and a through option and maybe even a drop option if they have the option on the field and this is another point that we're getting to is like why passing is more complex because passing has more variables you have to have multiple players on the pitch on the same page where with dribbling even if i'm taking on one two defenders sometimes that's more simple than three, four players being on the same page and going bang, 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 bang. And you pass through a defense. Like, I think that's just something like there's a reason only a few top teams at the highest level. I mean, even in the premier league, La Liga or top international level, there's only a few teams who really, really can have that slick of a passing game on a regular basis for a reason. Yeah. And I think like, you know, it's, it's also important to point out that like, you know, um, high level teams do not play safe in possession. Like they may play safe in possession to work the ball out of the back. All right. Uh, they may play safe at times through, you know, the center of the field, not always. Okay. But like great teams are willing to take a risk. And great players are willing to take a risk, right? If you only ever play, I'll say safe, not simple. So if you only ever play safe, you, you're not going to create opportunities, right? You need, to be, mm-hmm. you need to be willing to take a risk to open up that space. You know, you need to be able to, you need to be willing to take a 1v1. You need to be willing to make a risky pass, all right? Um, there's like, there's no, there's no way around that. And I think i honestly think that like you know being willing to take a risk is more important than um just making good decisions all the time right because in my opinion if a if you like have a young player and you teach them to make good decisions all the time um and that's it like that's great obviously we want young players to make good decisions on and off the ball um 
but if they're never willing to take a like if they're never willing to take a risk those good decisions become safer and safer and safer and safer and safer and eventually you lose what makes that player great right like even even like defensively like you'll take risks by like you know going in for a tackle or you know uh stepping up to like make an interception or something. And you need to be willing to do that um, because that's what great players do. And if, and like at the, at the highest, you'll never get, you'll never even get to a high level of play. If all you ever do is, is play it safe, even no matter what position you are, let's leave a goalkeeper maybe, but like still like as a, as a goalkeeper, confidence is important. Right. Um, But uh, yeah, I just like, I think that, I tend towards like, if we have that spectrum of safe and risk, like I tend towards the riskier side of that than a lot of coaches do. Um, because I think the, the reward is so great there. And I don't, I would rather pull a player back towards the middle a little bit, like, you know, help them make better decisions than have to like push them towards like being confident. That's a lot a lot harder to do when a player isn't willing to take risks to kind of like push them towards like believing in themselves. Like, obviously that's what I talk about a lot, but it's a lot more Mm. difficult than just like reining a player in who has a lot of confidence. Right. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I mean, it's the difference between playing well and playing scared. Um, A scared player will play the five yard pass consistently. They'll drop the ball back and play safe but they're rarely going to take their space even when it's wide in front of them because they lack the confidence. They're scared. They want to let someone else do the hard work. And yes, you're hundred percent right. Like the players who always play safe, they're not going to make the highest levels because well, everybody can play safe. I mean, if you've played any form of competitive soccer in your life, no matter how low level or youth that competitive soccer is you can play a five-yard pass normally but who can competently take their space quickly when they notice they have it who can competently play a 20 30 40 yard ball accurately on a regular basis and who can make an actual decisive ball that opens up and splits the opponent's defense far far less players and the reality is is the more difficult and more effective most of those passes get, the higher risk of losing possession it is. Now, obviously, the game is partially a game of picking and choosing your moments. There's moments where I am going to play safe because maybe I'm in my own penalty area and playing too complicated in my own penalty area is a little bit too high risk. Maybe I made a 40-yard defensive sprint to recover the ball and I'm not I don't have enough energy at that moment to turn my man and beat him. But there's also times where it's like, well, I have the space or, well, I know the, maybe I'm in the, my defense the third, but I know the striker overcommits when he pressures me. So I know I can take him and other things like that. Like it's always about knowing when and where to pick your moments. And it, a lot of people will say, don't do this in the defensive third of the field. Don't do this in the midfield try stuff in the attacking third. And I was like, well, kind of. I mean, you could argue that I'm going to pick and choose my moments more in the attacking third, probably more often, but I'm actually just going to pick and choose my moments when I see them. And 
yes, I've actually been playing in goalkeeper in a college game and dribbled past the striker at least once. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like, you know, in this third of the field, we never take any risks in the middle of the field. We sometimes do. And then in the attacking third, we always take risks, right? Like, yeah. You know, we talked about this um, in a, in a former podcast, but like, you know, if, if I'm attacking, like, let's make it really, really extreme. It's like four attackers and we're going just against the goalkeeper, like an insane counter attack, right? Like I'm going to drive at the goalkeeper, pull him in like little, little pass to the side. And that's my teammate has an simple. open net, <laughs> right? Like that's playing simple. Exactly. Like I'm not going to, well, I mean, maybe if the game, if maybe before already winning the game, I'll go for it. But like, I'm not going to like try to rainbow the keeper or something just because, oh, um, I'm in the Mario attacking Bolotelli. third, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, um, and, and by the you know, and similar situations could happen in, in, in your, within your box, um, where like all the only way you can clear the ball is by like doing a bicycle kick or something like, what am I not going to like clear? I'm just going to be like, oh, you know, I can't get to it. So whatever. Because that's, that'd be too complicated to do in my own box, you know, like, you know, come on, like, um, you have, you have to just like, use your, use your brain a little bit. Um, We're all big Rene, Rene Gita <laughs> fans here. That's the style of goalkeeper we like, Rene Gita. Wait, is he the scorpion one? The, yeah, he's the scorpion the, kick guy, dribbles oh, out of the box, yeah. scores free kicks. Sad. That's yeah. the type of goalkeeper we like. And I think like D- Dimitri can probably back me come up on, on this, this podcast, like, goalie. <laughs> yeah, but like, we'll get uh, him on. We'll get him on. Like great, like a lot of the great players that I've I've played with who were like, um, who would play, you know, what people would consider very simply or something. Like they had the capacity to do incredible things, and sometimes they did them. They just picked their moments very well, right? Like I say all the time, like Neymar at the end of most of his plays, what does he do? He plays a simple pass. Um, but, you know, he he does a lot. You know, he picks his moment to take 1v1s, take shots, make forward runs. Um, and you have to, you know, play simple or play, you know, simple passes sometimes to open up that opportunity to be more risky um, and, and take your chances. Right. But um at the top level, you know, players have the capacity. Like if, if uh, who's, who's like the most like simple player you can think of playing professional. Busquets. Busquets. Oh, oh Busquets. Okay. Jake. Yeah. Like Busquets, like, you know, what, <laughs> what, what he does. Well, one, I wouldn't even say it's simple, but like, you know, he could he co- go play in Sunday league and dribble past everyone and score, um, you know, yeah, even levels- though he's not particularly quick, but. Levels, level. There's levels to what simple is. The higher your technical levels are, the more you can do, and you're still actually not doing anything beyond or special or taking a risk. Even I mean, we take the highest level players in the world. Lionel Messi can do things that for him are simple. That for anyone else on earth are just otherworldly to even think trying and yeah that's that's the other thing that people don't comprehend to this is like as you become more technically advanced yeah maybe doing a rainbow over a player is simple for Neymar I mean how many times has he done it successfully I mean it's actually not that high of a risk for him but uh, another point I wanted to touch on because like the whole playing simple sometimes like I've actually thought of it this way because I do play one-two touch most of the time while I'm playing. 
And the reason I'm doing one, two touch isn't because I'm trying to play simple. It's because my brain and my decision-making is actually moving faster than I could run, even if I was Usain Bolt fast. And I don't think that's simple at all. I think it's the opposite of simple is that I've recognized that, well, I have passes down the field that I can make in one, two touches. And the only way I can get there is passing. So that's what I'm going to do. That's the most effective option. And it's actually like you see the higher technical level, the better decision-making level and the quicker speed of play ends up playing more one and two touch, not because it's more simple, but because it's just better. And when you see players who maybe they're technically fairly good and they're athletic, they take a lot more touches on the ball. They take on more dribbles and all these things, which people would say is not playing simple, but it actually is more simple because they're not seeing the passes that higher level players. Yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, a, a perfectly weighted one touch pass, like out of the air to put your teammate through on goal. It's a one touch pass, but it's, it's anything but simple. Right. You know, yeah. um, well, just having, having the con the concentration to like be, be making these passes moving after you make them receiving the ball, one touch, two touch, only the highest levels players have that consistently for 90 minutes, a hundred minutes, whatever they're playing. Yeah. And you, you see people at the highest levels, they'll literally made the decision before the balls even got to their foot yet after it's got to their foot, lower level players need one touch minimum to get the ball under control. They take a touch, look up, look like, look around. Yeah. Okay. And, and now I have space. I'm going to take it forward as a you know, top level actually, player first yeah. touches into the space. Yeah. Actually like the biggest issue I have with lower level players is they tend to need three, four five touches to do anything with the ball and by the time that they've got their minimum touches to get under control and actually consider picking their head up, they're already under pressure. Their passing options have lost where a high level player can make their first touch into the space they need or even a one touch pass. And they're playing the ball on their second or third touch. Usually they don't need to have all these extra touches get under control. And yeah, that is more complex than the player who needs four or five touches to do anything. Yeah. So if, if you guys had like a player or a team or something, how would you um, like, how would you go about promoting what like you think would be like effective play rather than like simple play? And, and I also want to hear like, you know, what, um, what, what do you think about like where, like, if I, if I'm like the, I, I want my players taking risks like all the time and maybe not all the time, but I really, I really do think that like, especially with younger teams, I want them, like, if a player has the confidence to, um, to take a risk, uh, I want them to take it like, and I honestly don't care what it is um, because I think that. So like so many other coaches and playing environments that you're in will try to like smash you towards this side of my, my spe- I'm going to, I got to make like a, a photo of this spectrum, make a spectrum thing. Though, yeah. yeah. You gotta make a um, but like, I like, I feel like so many other coaches and, and playing environments, as I said, are trying to like smash players towards this end of the spectrum. And I just want to like, 
push players towards playing with as much risk as possible. Um, not to be like a contrarian, not just because other coaches are saying that, but because I honestly believe that like, um, you know, as a, maybe like up to an 18 year old, that's what you need. And then you can go to a better team and that coach can rein you in a little bit. Um, and, and like help you to, and it's not like, I won't tell, talk to them about making good decisions on the ball, but like, I really do want to like, I want them playing with as much confidence as possible, um, whether they're making good decisions or not. And then, and then like, you know, um, whatever other coach they work with can, can, uh, can like, you know, mm-hmm. contain them, but yeah. I'd rather send them to a coach and have that coach be like, woof like blown away and be like, okay, I got to rein this player in a little bit rather than have that coach be like, it's nothing special, you know? Yeah. So how would you, how would you go about like promoting, um, you know, effective play with a, if if you were working with a player? Uh, So first thing I want to say is I actually completely agree with that because the reality is, is especially in youth, this is your time to be creative and take some risks because let's face it, who cares what happens in your U16 game? I care so as much. far as results. <laughs> yeah, every I single have money. I had, every single I had a I had a I, I had a player once every single one. A I had a player ring. once at, <laughs> at at like U10, and we had lost a game, and I was I was given the the team talk afterwards, and I was like, you know, you guys played so well. I'm so proud of you. You know, don't worry about this game. Uh, you're not even going to remember this game, you know, next week. Um, and one of the players was like, I'll remember this game next week. And I was like, come on, <laughs> just let it go. Uh, I, but I yeah, remember that game yeah. to this day. I yeah. A million on but, but the thing is, is like the point Christo was making is it is much more harder to teach creativity and to learn creativity than it is to learn to play a role in a strict position and to stay organized in a formation. I mean, so like, I'm going to pick on Stoke city a little bit because it's the stereotype team. How dare you, but it's, it's much, it's much not even difficult. a team in the prem. Can we pick on like leads or no, something? No, after it's, a, rainy, no, no, it's no, no, a cold, no, no, rainy no, night. In Stoke. The saying is a cold, rainy night. In Stoke. It's not a cold, rainy night in Burnley, <laughs> but it's, it's much easier to teach a player who has the abilities to be Sergio Busquets or even the more technical and flashy players at Barcelona to play more reserved and controlled in a system like Stoke City might play than it is to take a player that grew up playing the Stoke City way and throw them into Barcelona tiki-taki. You can do one to the other, but you can't do the other to one. And basically, um, I would, with most players, I would encourage them more often than not to keep the ball on the floor when they can. Because what I really discourage is the hopeful long balls down the field that aren't really I mean maybe if I have a kid who just has a particularly accurate long pass like I'll be a little more lenient with them but I want to see them do good short range passing playing to feet dribbling when they need to dribbling when it's a good option to go 1v1 and more I mean not playing simple but playing good quality passes quick, crisp, and technically using technical passes, not 
what a lot of people do, playing long balls to the corner, trying to cross the ball into the box, whether there's a man in the box or, or not. And yeah, just trying to learn how to play technical and quick and focus on that, not so much the play simple, play safe aspect of the game. Yeah. Yeah. As for me, I'd, I'd do a lot of small sided games with all my players. You know, I yeah, two favorite from thing. two V twos, from two V twos, three V threes, four V fours, five V five, six, all the way up. I'd probably play. We used to do a lot of 11 V 11s, but on smaller fields. How small? Um, like half or like, like three quarters or something. Sometimes half, sometimes three quarters. Uh, depends. I think three quarters is pretty good length. Yeah. Um, I think half is also, sometimes kind of small, but. Three quarters yeah, for is good, yeah. Um, when I play pro also, indoor, I we how... play eleven v eleven in the indoor field. Wait, <laughs> that's, <laughs> nice. that's, that's that sounds pretty uh, fun. I don't actually, know how how well known this is, if this is known or not. But like Tottenham, for most of their youth, their younger teams, uh, they don't even have positions for their players when they play games. Um, everyone's just rotating around the whole time. And I feel like this is probably really helpful um, because you can have the defensive players end up way up front. They're taking their risks and then the attacking ones have to drop back um, and everyone's swapping all the time. So I think that's definitely really encouraging and motivating and definitely helps with this, this effective play for all the people. Yeah. Yeah. I think like not having positions is, can be like super helpful. Like, you, you know, learning, learning more things. Um, you know, I, I think like I move my players around all the time because I think that it's so important, like as, as a striker playing as a center back will help you so much to like understand um, like that side of the game. Uh, and you can get like stuck in a mindset of like, I am a striker. I do this. I am a central midfielder. I do this. Like, and it's no, uh, it's a bench player. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just how like many bad mentality. How many? T- how many of the people on TikTok comment? What drills should I be doing if I'm a right back? What <laughs> drills should I be doing if I'm a left winger? They don't even just say winger or outside back. They say yeah. left and right because some coach has pigeonholed them to that specific position. I mean. I'm going to be completely honest with you until they turn at least 16 years old, the goalkeeper should be playing striker for one half too. even goalkeepers should not be limited to just playing goalkeeper. And you should probably have two to three guys that do goalkeeper training on occasion, just so they have it in them. And maybe after they hit puberty, maybe one of them grows to be six foot four and have cat like reflexes who wasn't when he's younger. And yeah, then that guy transitions to actually just being a goalkeeper. But this idea that you are a specific position is really just doesn't make any sense to me because like, who's the first attacker on the pitch? The goalkeeper is. And if not the goalkeeper, it's the center back or the outside back. Who's the first defender on the pitch? Your center forward. I mean, everybody on the pitch has to do at least similar jobs throughout the match. Like, yes, there maybe is a little bit more variety. And yes, the striker probably doesn't have to be as good at 1v1 defending as a center back or an outside back. But at the end of the day, you're a soccer player. You're not a specific position. And the only specialized position in the entire sport is goalkeeper. And in the modern game, at least, goalkeepers need foot skills. I mean... Yeah. Ederson at Manchester City says that if they were if they switched him with Kevin De Bruyne, nothing would change. And 
whether that's hyperbole or not, mm-hmm. that's the attitude I even like from a goalkeeper. Is I think the goalkeeper should be able to play on the field if he was 100% put on it. Yeah, for, for things that I do with players to kind of build, like, uh, get them to play effectively and get them to be okay with, you know, taking a risk here or there. Um, I do like, so I like for play to move on very quickly um, after a mistake. Um, so if I'm doing an individual session, I always have like another soccer ball usually like five or six ready to go so that like, if a pass is misplaced, I'm like right behind me, I grab another soccer ball and we go right back into doing the same thing, whatever it was, just because I don't want a play to end on a mistake. I want to like get them straight back into it. So they don't even think about the mistake. It doesn't even matter. And then for like team sessions, I do a lot of my small sided games. I keep the ball in play constantly. So I have like ball boys to keep the ball in play um, and do that like murder, murder ball style um, games, which I think are really, really good. So it'd be like, you know, playing indoor with walls. Um, obviously um, having walls would be um, nice as well. And I have done some sessions in, in indoor places. Um but I like, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm outside or whatever, I'll, I'll have people um, or just, you know, players, uh, you know, make three teams and one team is, is the ball boys. And when a goal is scored, we swap the teams. Um, Cause I like, like, I want the ball to be in play all the time. So we don't have time to stop and like, you know, think about the mistakes we made or anything. Ball never goes out of play. We're just playing. Um, and uh, obviously like sometimes I do, stop and talk about mistakes if they're happening over and over and over and over again. Um, but I, I like to, um, so I think like the two of the most important, um, coaching like actions that you can take are like one is praise. So like specific praise for individuals, I think is really, really important. Even when they make mistakes. So like, I like, like if a player tries to take a one V one and they lose the ball, but they were in a really good position to take that one V one, you know, I'll, I'll tell them that, right. Like I'll say, well done to the defender as well, but I'll be like, you know, Jake, well done. That was a good decision to take that one V one. Doesn't matter that you lost it, you know, straight back in, uh, go win the ball Great back. Stuff, Jake. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, like I want, <laughs> I want my players to know that like, it's not just about, the end result, it's about them making good decisions and be, and especially for me being willing to take a risk and take a one V one or make, try to make an incredible pass or take, you know, a, a shot um, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and then also questioning. I think that like asking players questions to kind of understand their thought process also, so they can understand their thought process mm-hmm. and like understand the, like the why of, you know, why to make a certain situ- uh, decision, why not to make a certain decision. I think that's really helpful because like you can tell what a player what to do in one specific situation, but you know, it's uh teach a, or give a man a fish or teach him a fish, right? Like, you know, if you can, if you can teach that player, um, you know, how to make good decisions, how to fish, then then they'll, they'll be able to take what they've learned and apply it to other situations as well, rather than just knowing, okay, when I'm here and the defender is here and my teammates are everywhere where they are, this is what I should do, but help them understand why they should do that. 
and then, or what other options they have as well. And then they can learn to like play their style, um, you know, make the decisions that they think are good and, um, you know, and uh, they, they learn and they can apply that to, you know, in, in every, every situation that they play in. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, any, yeah, go ahead. Um, I was, I, because you mentioned the making mistakes and all that stuff and especially how you like not to let people dwell on them. I just thought I'd bring it up because it's a point that you've made before and I've made as well. Everyone remembers the Cruyff quote, the football is a game of mistakes. The team uh, yeah. that makes the least mistakes wins. Well, here's the quote those guys don't want you to know about by Johan Cruyff. Players that aren't true leaders but try to be always bash other players after a mistake. True leaders on the pitch assume others will make mistakes. And I think that's more what you like, Crusoe. And it's not what these people who say play simple or discourage taking risk and all these other things think. And like when they see the football as a game of mistakes quote, they, they want you to line up 11 men behind the ball, play super conservative, super defensive and all this stuff, which was the complete opposite of what Johan Cruyff did during his actual career and how he taught players to play at Ajax in Barcelona when he was a coach, which is what they forget and what they leave out when they use that quote to where like Cruyff was a genius, but he also sometimes contradicted himself, obviously. And, and the quotes are taken to, out of context and, you yeah, know, like, you know, well, I mean, he probably, the football is a game of mistakes was probably after he lost a game that they yeah. should have won. Yeah. And yeah, it's taken out of context. And I mean, it was refereeing mistakes that he was talking about. <laughs> nah, we can take a lot of things out of context. Like I mean, telling quote, people how to fish, you know, yeah. quote, mining, real quote mining is, yeah. Quote mining is kind of like a hobby of people who want to confirm their own biases instead of actually trying to understand what anyone was saying. And since we're talking football, Johan Cruyff is our Socrates or whatever. Not yeah. Socrates, actually. <laughs> Socrates needs more quotes as a player. The Brazilian <laughs> Socrates, he needs to actually... And he, he literally has a college degree. What is his problem? He needs inspirational quotes. <laughs> but he wasn't in your top three Brazilian players of all time, so... No, no. He's he's in my top three Corinthians players, though. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, any, anything else to add on uh, playing simply hmm. now i think we're all set no, no, all right so yeah i mean um you know obviously uh we don't agree on everything but you know i think i think we all agree that playing simple is um is a term that like i, I don't even know what it means anymore um and i think it's much more um and it's much better to think about just playing effectively and you know playing safe at times and taking risks sometimes and uh, you know, just trying to make make good decisions. Um, so yeah, um, I'll drop uh, links to all our social media in the description. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, um, and uh, yeah, podcast. <laughs> what? Fisherman's podcast. Fisherman's podcast. Yeah, um, you know if you. Like, uh, subscribe if you want to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple. That helps us out a lot. Um, and yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you 
Uh, maybe we'll do one more episode next week uh, before Christmas. Um, so I'll save wishing you Merry Christmas for that. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya. Bye. Bye.